0: So how do you get rats off an island? Hmm? My grandmother showed me. We buried an oil drum and hinged the lid. Then we wired coconut to the lid as bait, and the rats would come for the coconut. And point, 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 point. They would fall into the drum. And after a month, you've trapped all the rats. But what did you do then? Throw the drum into the ocean? Burn it? You no. Know? You just leave it, and they begin to get hungry. And one by one, they start eating each other, until there are only two left, the two survivors. And then what, do you kill them? No, you take them and release them into the trees. But now they don't eat coconut anymore. Now they only eat rat.
1: up everybody and welcome back to another episode of rotten potatoes where four friends sit down and re- review episodes right off the air and i just want to start by saying <laughs> do you, why do you review episodes episodes of yeah i, I mix this up with our other podcast. Uh, gosh podcasts. dang it <laughs> i thought that you this were was doing so, a
2: bit
3: on purpose and it's like i don't get
1: it this was
2: so wrong
3: i blame it on jp <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> that's fair
2: well, welcome to Rotten Potatoes, a movies, a, a, movie. a movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, all right, guys.
3: It's uh, I'm it... unclear on what we do, <laughs> but I think I think what you mean to say is four friends review movies. We absolutely should have already seen. Yes. You know,
1: what? I think you nailed it. I'm Tyler. You should open up from now on, Jake. Oh, I hate that. Every it's, every episode, every episode. It's
2: so much pressure.
1: I'm Zach. I'm Jake. I'm JP.
2: <laughs> and we're all thrilled to have JP here instead of Scott.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to have you here, JP. I'm glad that this counts as your guest appearance.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm happy to be here too. And I just want to say, uh, to start off, that I have the worst taste in everything. What? Oh. Is, what does JP stand for?
0: John uh, Paul. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. I just thought he might know that.
2: Oh, JP. I'm sorry. I. I was you, you. set a trap, and then I. I you ruined, ruined it. the trap. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, JP. What? What does your name, JP, stand for? <laughs> Uh, juniper polyps. Got it. Oh. Oh. I don't like the word. Polyp. I don't like, yeah. And I don't like the, the idea
2: of a juniper either having polyps or a specific type of polyp that is a juniper
0: polyp, but and that you know. your mom's like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor's like, all right, wait. the doctor's like, you might want to call him JP.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, welcome to our 50th episode. Everybody
1: welcome. And we,
2: we thank waited, you. we waited yeah, thank
3: 50
1: you. weeks We're, to talk about bond, uh, And 50 weeks, and we still couldn't get the opening right.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, each of us has only done it, uh, you know, a quarter of the time, so...
0: I'm excited, though, to talk about Bond. Um, We're doing Quantum of Solace, right? Quantum of Solace. Because that's what I watched. I actually watched uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Did we all watch different (laughs) Bond movies? He didn't even watch a Bond movie. Is that Austin Powers? That is Austin Powers. (laughs)
2: Uh well we're watching Skyfall. Scott, you you picked this one.
1: I did. Uh mostly out of pressure from Tyler. Yeah. Originally I was doing Goldfinger and uh Tyler said, Please don't pick Goldfinger. I don't like Goldfinger. <laughs>
2: it, no, that's, that's not, not what I said. It's
1: not good. That's Everyone's the, gonna hate it. The, well, I this said that be the, part. This is the worst thing in the world. Only JP would pick something like Goldfinger. <laughs> I, remember I was I'm like, saying well, that I exactly. don't want to be JP. So then I changed it. I was like, well, aren't, what would you pick? And he said Skyfall. So really, this is just Tyler's. Tyler's this is movie. the
0: Tyler gets an extra pick. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like Goldfinger?
1: I actually haven't seen Goldfinger. Oh, okay. it was just the highest rated from really uh, other places. And so I was like, Oh, let's that would be like it's one of the most iconic I think too. Like it's most like quoted and everything. So
0: Tyler, are you our like residential bond fan? I yeah, think? yeah. So if we weren't doing a Daniel Craig James Bond movie, which one would you have picked?
2: Um, I mean, so here's the thing. So I told Scott, I did pressure him, like, please don't pick Goldfinger. But the, what I said was, is that like, it's super, and because it's so old, like it really doesn't hold up well. So for a Bond fan, I love Goldfinger, Oh, okay. but I told him this is going to go over, uh, like
0: Dirty Harry. Got it. I, I would have been into that. I like Dirty Harry.
2: Yeah. Pretty fun episode.
0: Like, but is it, is it funny? Like Dirty Harry? No. We just only had fun
2: because we made fun of it the whole time, exactly. And so I was like, Please don't do that. Like, Got it. I, yeah, I, I, what hear. I said specifically was Goldfinger would be a good one for us to do if we were watching it together,
0: sure. Okay. But
2: because we're not watching it together, it's just going to be like, Yeah, why did we watch that? That is not I, a movie. I
1: specifically heard, Don't pick a trashy JP movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, you're coming hard for JP on this one. <laughs> Is that not JP next to me? <laughs> um. Yeah. So that was why I I, I cautioned against it. Yeah.
1: So uh, I picked this one off of Tyler's recommendation of what would be a good James Bond movie to bring you guys into the James Bond universe.
3: Had you seen it before?
1: Uh. Yeah. So I saw this once before in a movie theater where I was struggling with sleep apnea. And I had fallen asleep through multiple parts of it. So I remembered multiple scenes and also didn't remember a couple scenes.
3: Nobody in that theater heard a word of what was happening when you were asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. When Scott had sleep apnea, like the first time I heard it, because he would just fall asleep whenever. (laughs) It
2: was almost like narcolepsy. Yeah.
3: (laughs) And he, like, I thought he was faking. I thought he was pulling a prank. I was like, nobody snores like that. It turned out he was suffocating.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What specifically happened was uh, I had spent the entire day traveling i was flying back from pennsylvania and i got i flew in at like finally got home at like nine o'clock at night, which isn't late but it's a long day of travel yeah and then i got a text saying like hey all the guys are gonna go watch this movie you should come and it's like a what two and a half hour
0: movie yeah and i have sleep apnea and it was just like not a good thing and uh so i fell asleep for sure so watching it through this time were you like oh wow like javier bardem is in this
1: I would... If you would have asked me who was the bad guy, I probably wouldn't have said... Har- have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: You know what? It's because he doesn't show up for so much of the movie. Like, his name comes up in the opening credits, and you're like, sick, Javier Bardem. And then half of the movie goes by, and then you're like, oh, yeah, Javier Bardem is in this. Yeah,
1: 70 minutes before it's he shows up. Too long, I would say. But I've only ever seen uh, Daniel Craig James Bonds and Pierce Brosnan James Bond. I haven't seen any of the old ones.
2: Hmm. And... I would say, Jake, that that's actually, like, we don't have to get into this too much, but, like, that's not uncommon for James Bond. Like, that's kind of, like, that's not uncommon of a trope for James Bond to be investigating some sort of thing, but you don't actually get to meet the bad guy, the guy behind the curtain, essentially, until at least halfway through the film.
1: Yeah, many times it's, like, a fake, like, front that you think is what the bad guy is, and then you finally realize who the real baddie is later on in the movie.
3: When you say investigate, do you mean just kind of stumble through? Yeah, like just just fall backwards into finding out who it is.
2: Yeah, okay. I mean that's again not uncommon. <laughs> like, I mean, it. I would say he doesn't fall backwards into it. He more so like brazenly shoots his way to the truth. Like he, you know, uh, that's his his method of investigation is definitely shoot first, ask questions later.
0: The way that you said that, though, makes me think you didn't really like this movie.
3: I I, I was going to... I guess I got into it too soon. I had a good time. Uh, I have some serious issues with the movie, and I had some things that were just not what I expected. Sure. But I could save that for the time.
1: Well... Tyler, before we jump in to, to them and their late bloomer ideas, you've seen this movie before. Yes. What, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I loved it watching it again. Uh, I don't think I... I think I saw it maybe twice when it came out. I think I saw it in theater. I definitely saw it in theaters. And then I think I saw it maybe a little bit uh, after when it like came out on DVD. Um, but I haven't seen it since maybe 2013. Mm. And uh, I liked it as much, if not more, this time around. Uh, I was really burned by Daniel Craig as Bond for the first two movies, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hated him as Bond. I hated the direction that they had taken James Bond. Um, It felt like they had zero respect for the legacy of James Bond in the first two movies. And so I went into this movie, the first time I watched it with like real apprehension, just uh,
1: disdain for what you were about to endure. Yeah,
2: like I was like, I'm I'm going to watch the new James Bond movie, but I know it's going to be just like the last two and I'm going to be super pissed off the whole time.
3: Uh, can I ask you, sorry, before you keep going, because this is just my no Bond knowledge. Daniel Craig was kind of a reboot for the series. Is that right? Like those movies? No, not really. Okay, that was what I, I had kind of read online, but I wasn't sure.
2: Well, it's as much a reboot as all the times that they've recast James Bond. Okay, because I thought that like
3: all the recasts were supposed to be the same dude until we got to Daniel Craig, and then it was, like, another Bond origin. Am I N-
2: wrong? No, it. they just did the prequel movie, his, his first... Like, so all of the movies are based on books. uh uh-huh. And so this was the first time, but also all of the movies have been made out of sequence. Okay. Always. Like, all of James Bond has been made out of sequence. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. So this movie, like, Skyfall might take place between two other... Past movies, correct. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, and so Casino Royale is the first book, like chronologically. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so it was the first time that they had done that. Are, so are in books... that sense, it it was like the only origin story. There are, th- I thought there were two. They're not two Casino Royale James Bond movies. No. So the other one, there is a Casino Royale movie about James Bond, but it's a spoof. Okay. It's like uh It's a slapstick comedy. It's not a. It's not a real James Bond movie. Okay. It's that, not made by the broccoli family. It's not, you know, it, it's not in the same
0: universe. That sounds super weird. Um, what I was going to ask are the books written out of chronological order too?
2: I, you know, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that, so the books are written by Ian Fleming and I think that he had r- written them in, uh, in chronological order, but then the movies just kind of played popcorn
0: interesting that actually kind of helps answer a question like because you like a few days ago were telling me how this is all the same bond i thought that every time they get a new actor it's a reboot but that's not the case and so i was thinking like how is this james bond like i feel like it brought up some like continuity questions for me but that kind of answers it it's just that like this could take place at any point in his career
2: yeah and there there are some through lines in james bond um and, and that was one of the things that pissed me off so much with uh, the first two Daniel Craig movies is that they just totally like flew in the face of all of the chronology. Like they just really messed it up. Like there are things that are happening early in James Bond's career and then things that are happening way late in James Bond's career in the same story. And like, so they, they just didn't, it, there, there just wasn't very much attention to detail Um, and I, I, I know a lot of fans like Bond fans, like Bond people really agreed with that. And I think that this movie, what I was getting to, um, is that this movie was a real return to James Bond as like a, it's, it's heart, the heart of James Bond.
0: So, so I loved it. So in Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, what about Daniel Craig did you not like as his portrayal of James Bond?
2: Um, well, I don't know. I, I think it's a couple of things. One, I just didn't believe him because he is, uh, blonde, blonde. like that's part of it.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
2: except James Bond's for
0: usually a brunette,
2: typically a brunette. And in the books, he's a, he's a brunette. Okay. Um, but in, uh, in the, the only exception to that, which like, you know, is a big one is Roger Moore is like, has like strawberry brown hair, like, like I I don't know. It's old film, so I'm not sure. Maybe he had strawberry blonde hair. Maybe he had, like, tawny brown hair. I'm not sure. Um, But uh, that was part of it, honestly, was blonde Bond was sort of, like, a little annoying. Like, it was a little bit of, like, really? Um, But then also, I think just his his attitude, uh, like, his approach to Bond, like, the way that he carries Bond – uh, just lacked a lot of, it it was a lot more, um, uh, callous and disinterested than Bond usually is. Bond is a pretty, um, like very effectual person. Like he's, you know, uh, kind of a, a little bit of a big personality. He's body, he's, you know, witty, he's, you know, very, uh, you know, tongue in cheek and sarcastic, you know, very cheeky. Mm. Whereas Daniel Craig just acted very, uh, callous and disinterested and stoic bond. And I not really love that.
1: Gotcha. I like casino Royale. Okay. Solid counterpoint. I, I just thought it, just <laughs>
2: it.
1: it was definitely different. Like I understand like why, like in the vein of like bond movies that people that are bond fans wouldn't like it but like as a standalone movie I, I actually really liked it
2: i also feel like skyfall and, and i want to hear what, what you guys thought about it as well but one of the things that having you know having seen this before watching it again having seen every james bond movie up to this point um, i actually thought that this is one of the more exceptional films on its own like if it wasn't a james bond movie it's a really well executed film um, and then I also love that they, for the James Bond element that they like returned kind of to the heart and to the history of, of James Bond. Yeah, well, I guess.
1: Oh, go ahead. i say, uh, have we done just the facts yet?
2: We haven't. Uh, but I'll, I'd like to, I'd like to kind of jump into hear a couple other
0: things and then we'll do just okay. the facts. So late bloomers. Um, I'll, I'll go just cause I was going to kind of tag along to that. Um, Obviously, having never seen a James Bond movie before this, I could really only compare it to like other action movies, specifically like the action movies that have that like unbeatable male protagonist. And so I agree with you. I think this movie was really well done. I was more impressed by that where it just it felt like the quality was there. Um, and I liked how, like, I felt like James Bond in this movie was a really interesting character and I liked the aspect of him kind of being a little bit off of his game. I feel like that's just not really something I've seen in that like action hero type movie before. I personally haven't really seen that before. So I liked the way that that played itself out in the movie. Um, and then, yeah, I, I generally, I generally like Sam Mendes, um, and I thought it looked really, really good. Um, which makes sense because it's Roger Deakins. There was like a shot of of this car with its headlights on in the rain. And I was like, that looks like a Deakins shot. And then I looked it up and I was like, okay, this is going to be a really, uh, really pretty movie, which it was. And so there were a lot of, there were a lot of scenes early on um, that I thought were really engaging, specifically when he goes to, um, uh, what Asian country does he go to? Is he in Japan? I don't remember what country it was. I don't remember either. Oh, Macau? Was... Sure. Yeah. yeah that's when where he the,
2: goes. Where he, the, the casino in Macau?
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, that whole sequence I thought was really good. Um, so, no, I, I agree with you. I thought it was really well made. Um, and so, overall, I liked it quite a bit more than I was expecting to. Not that I was expecting to not like it, but I thought I'd be a little indifferent to it. And overall, um, I really enjoyed it. And so, even... Like if you really like it, even before the bad guy gets on screen and then obviously it's Javier Bardem and he plays an excellent villain. So by the time he gets there, I'm I'm in and he just elevated it to a completely different movie. Um, And so I really liked it the entire time. Um, I think the third act was the weakest act for me. And that's when it began to kind of peter out a little bit, in my opinion. But overall, I was really into it um, and I really enjoyed it. I like that
2: you said you'd mention like James Bond, the the protagonist, you know, this indestructible character f- feeling very human, mm-hmm. like, and, and, you know, not on his a game kind of a thing. This is actually the only the second time, uh, in bond history, which I, it's kind of cool. Another kind of random fun fact. This is our 50th episode. This movie came out. It was the 50th anniversary of James Bond, which just kinda nice, mm, is just kind of nice serendipity. Ironic. Um, but uh, this is only the second time that James Bond has ever cried.
0: Uh, I don't remember him crying in this movie. I don't think I do either.
2: Uh, he cries, <clears throat> pardon me, at the end with M oh, when M dies. Oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. So the only other time that he, that James Bond is ever, you ever see him cry uh, is when his uh, his wife dies in uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, he gets married. It was, you know, this big, you know, uh, arc that actually ran like kind of three movies um but his wife gets killed in a drive-by shooting and he cries this
1: is also the second time in bond history that he's been shot
2: yeah what what was the other one you you read it and i i didn't know this fact Uh,
1: i don't remember which one it was from the 60s it was like 67 i think i don't remember which movie it was though
3: fair enough well jake what do you think of this movie i don't agree with you I think oh, okay I, like on a on a lot of like as far as like execution I think that there were some weird continuity errors in things where like Bond gets shot twice he comes back in he's shot once he gets shot again and then he only has one bullet scar and then that train sequence he drops onto a city train and then is in the planes immediately and then right after that is immediately going through mountains like all of that was kind of weird continuity wise but I think like from a plot point standpoint it was It was basically, we started off by ripping off Mission Impossible 1, and then completely abandoning that halfway through the movie, and we just kind of forget about it altogether. And then we just end with a big Home Alone sequence. I didn't, I just felt like the plot was lacking. And also, I was kind of like, I felt like they were pulled in two directions on what they wanted. Like, we were talking about how Bond felt very human. I think there was part of that where, like, he did, where, like, he was, like, not on his game but then there's also part of it where I'm like, this guy isn't real at all. Like he gets shot, he jumps onto the train and then he straightens his shirt and like, he's, he's like, and then he like springboards off of a Komodo dragon to jump at like everything. Some of those things just felt ridiculous and like he's off his game until it matters. Like he's off his game. He can't hit a shot and then he just kills six people and then arrests Javier Bardem. Like a lot of things just like didn't make sense to me. That being said, that was fun. I had a good time I, watching it.
2: I would say you should definitely never watch another James Bond movie. That's that's what I was gonna I, say.
0: I feel like I- any of those kind of silly moments, I just kind of chalked it up to it's at the end of the day a James Bond movie, and like that's what he does. Like I think
3: that I would have liked it. Like I was expecting the silly moments, but then I feel like at like if half it the stayed time consistent, I feel like it was very inconsistent. Like I feel like half the time it wasn't, and he was supposed to be like it was supposed to be very serious and like very human and like all that, and then we just had so much silliness in like, like so much like inhuman imbeatable guy where it was like, I just wanted him to pick a lane to be in. Hmm, that makes sense, I guess. And, uh, but I had a, like, I had a fun time. Like the action was fun. And like, it, it wasn't what I expected. Cause like you, I went into a bond movie thinking he's going to be the super suave in control guy. Um, and he, to me, he just kind of felt like kind of dumb kind of just stumbling through and then happen and things just happen he happens to find out what he needs you know but overall i had some issues with it i thought it was i still had a good time watching
2: scott what did you think watching this again
1: yeah i mean i already talked about it. i i it's a james bond movie i think it's fun um but i have seen a lot of other james bond movies and so it's easy for me to like like yep that's exactly what i thought would happen in 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 this movie so these are some of the more like uh, serious James, like all the Daniel Craig movies take themselves way more seriously than all the other James Bond movies. Like if you go and watch like a Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movie, it's like,
2: or even a Sean Connery.
1: Yeah. It's just like way over the top. Ridiculous would never happen type of scenarios. This one at least has some kind of realism to it.
3: I would have, I think I I would have liked that more because I would have been able to buy into it all the way, Mm -hmm. you know, where I would have been like, okay, this is silly, but the whole thing is silly. So I can, I can just let go of everything and I can just get on board. Mm -hmm. Also, there were no gadgets in the movie, which was kind of a bummer.
2: So that's a that's a little bit of a nod to both Casino Royale and some of the problems that fans had with Casino Royale and old James Bond. Uh, So I'm not going to belabor this too much, but like in Casino Royale, James Bond has a gun that uh, he doesn't get until toward the end of his career, but he has it supposedly at the beginning of his career and it's not the walther ppk that has been james bond's gun for you know nearly nearly 30 movies uh-huh. and so in this one they give him his original gun back which is like it's like a a nod to fans like we heard you uh and then they give him a radio transmitter and so q who is played by ben Wishaw in this q is the person who's responsible for dealing out all the gadgets Uh, and in the first two movies, he has zero gadgets whatsoever. And so in this one, he gives him a gun and a radio transmitter. And, uh, James Bond says like, really like radio transmitter, like that's a little old tech kind of a thing. And, uh, makes a joke about it and says, ah, brave new world, you know? Um, and so it was a nod to like, that would have been a radio transmitter would have been one of the gadgets that he would have gotten in a very old James Bond movie. Uh,
1: So it was, it was a little bit of a nod. I, re- the first time I ever watched Casino Royale though, I really didn't like it mostly because there was no gadgets.
3: It's, it's like, it's half of what you hear about when you hear like, about bond. Oh James yeah. So is so all about
1: rings it. that like explode and pens like, that record and just like
3: super situational things yep. <laughs> that are just like exactly what he needed. And like right. There's no way they could have planned it except right. for that they knew what was going to happen. Yeah, totally
1: Light, lighter hand grenades.
3: Yeah.
2: Totally.
1: Well, and there was the car in this one from the other James Bond movie.
2: Yeah. So uh, I'll answer this, and then we'll get into just the facts. I feel like all I am is a wealth of James Bond facts for this one, but uh, it, it's really cool. Scott uh, had originally said he wanted to do Goldfinger. The car in this one is the is from is the car from Goldfinger.
3: Okay, I was kind of confused about that, and I figured it was something I was missing. I was like, this is a cool car, but like, is this significant?
2: Yeah, it's the it's the the Aston Martin from Goldfinger. Uh, that has famously had an ejector seat. I thought that bit was funny when they were talking. He's like, I'll throw you out. <laughs> yeah, and she says, oh, go ahead and eject me. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of just the facts, uh, now that we're like halfway through this episode. <laughs> uh, this was uh, directed by Sam Mendez, written by Neil Purvis. Um, it was released uh, uh, October 26, 2012. Uh, the other guys gave it a 92%, and IMDb gave it a 7.8%. Uh, this is our second highest grossing movie that we've done so far. Uh, so the first was obviously Titanic at 1.8 billion. Uh, but this movie actually did 1.1 billion in box office, which also makes it the most successful James Bond movie ever.
3: It did it. Uh, I, well, I guess we would have heard, but or we would have talked about it. Did it beat the ones that came out after it? Uh,
2: the only one that's come out after it was Spectre. And I don't think Spectre beat Skyfall. Okay. Um, I'd have to look, uh, but uh, I'm looking real quick. It, it did not. Spectre got uh, 880 million in box office. So Skyfall was by far the most. Uh, 880 million is like nothing. Why even make the movie? 880 million would still be one of our higher uh, reviewed. It would be our third highest yeah. <laughs> after this. Uh, but it did all that on a 200 million budget which is still a very big budget for a film, but a massive return. Totally. It was a five X five X on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, it did win an Academy award for best sound editing uh, and was nominated, but didn't receive the award for best cinematography. Uh, shout out Deakins uh, best score and best sound mixing.
1: I don't know what Deacons
3: is. That's the guy Zach talked about earlier.
0: It's the, the cinematographer. Uh,
3: got it. He, that's why he got nominated got it.
0: He's done uh he's done a good amount of um Coen Brothers movies so he also shot uh No Country for Old Men. Mm. And he's also done a good amount of Sam Mendes movies so he also did 1917. Ooh. So he's pretty I integral really like into how they shot that whole thing in the one take. Sick. <laughs> I thought someone would keep talking. But, I,
2: didn't uh, I thought have, Scott was going to respond yeah, with
3: something about 1970. Like the thing is, uh, Scott doesn't have much to say about those things similar to me about like the shots and all. Yeah, those. no, I, so I
1: cinematography knew. is like, I'll notice it when it's really nice, but yeah. I don't really have anything to
0: say. about. Sure. 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 So um, it was a
3: recipe for disaster. If you're looking at this side of the <laughs> table,
0: <laughs> I, I was going to kind of, uh, respond a little bit, Jake, to what you were saying earlier when you were kind of giving your takes. Um, I was going to kind of say like, I think I, like I hear you. I, I agree with kind of what you're talking about. There were some things like some issues that I also had with it where I feel like, uh, it felt, Kind of like refreshing and original, just as an action movie to me. For the first like couple acts, and then by the third act, it kind of felt a little generic to me. It kind of felt like we dissolved into just kind of a more of a generic action type movie. And I was gonna say maybe this movie is not the sum of its parts, but there are enough specific or parts of this movie that I really, really liked so much that I think I just kind of held on to those scenes specifically, like when he's fighting that one assassin in that building with all the glass walls. I thought that was such a really cool scene. Um, Obviously, Javier Bardem's intro, the the monologue that we heard at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And then also when he brings out that girl and they're shooting, trying to shoot the whiskey glass off of her head. Mm -hmm. That was like a really tense scene that I really loved. And then when Javier... Most of them just have Javier Bardem in them because he just ate this dialogue up and was so freaking good
3: yeah he is spectacular and like i think i i didn't i don't think i thought about the issues i had with it until after i finished it like i finished it i was like oh that was good that was fun i enjoyed it yeah and then the next day i was thinking about it and then i was like what like something feels not right about it like that i just didn't like definitely and then i started thinking about it and then i was like oh okay these yeah was it
1: um not enough uh joe pesci (laughs) probably (laughs) yeah during the home alone scene yeah
3: (laughs) they really did home alone it if if harry and lloyd would have come in (laughs) i would have given
0: this movie a perfect 10. (laughs) even that scene like i didn't love the home alone bit but like it all looked so freaking good and especially right afterwards after the explosion and when they're running through like that like uh silva is is trying to chase down m and then bond is chasing silva all of that looked so freaking cool
2: the uh, oh, yeah. the the ridiculous uh, deep red yeah. coloring it just and, looked like, so cool the
0: lighting like it was really cool I think there are moments where I'm just like this looks so cool that I'm into it I'm really liking this I think I agree with you like when I when I was in it I
3: was in it and then I'm like wait why, how did, where did this helicopter come from and yeah, why didn't he bring sure. that out at the beginning why did
0: he let all of his guys die yeah definitely and then you think about it a little bit but then when I was watching I was like that's just pretty cool I think something that didn't work for me I felt like Javier Bardem's death was pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. I didn't. I thought that was kind of lame. If you could rewrite it right now. Right now. Yeah. How writers room, right now. How would you uh, have him die? I don't know. You
2: can't put me on the spot <laughs> like that. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I think I would have him die like for real. Like if I was going to rewrite this, I, I really know what I would do. So you remember uh, Javier Bardem uh, Silva's character uh, was an MI6 operative uh-huh. that reported to M at Hong Kong station And she gave him up like for whatever reason. Uh, and he like broke his, broke the, the false tooth, chewed the cyanide pill, but it didn't kill him. And so I would have him die by cyanide somehow. Uh, like very like poetic ending. Like that is James Bond. Like that just more cyanide.
1: Yeah. Well that it is fall into a pit of cyanide.
2: No, no. Something like, you know, uh, M takes her own cyanide pill and crams it down his throat and yeah, you know and
1: makes a quip
2: yeah like, like y- well maybe
1: this s- one will work better yeah an idea later yeah <laughs>
2: sayonara yeah. <Nailed> it. <laughs> she let's like call mendez dip snap <laughs> yeah. um, boom roasted dame judy dench just dip snapping yeah. would just be
0: I, I think I would have rated this movie a 10 <laughs> for sure,
2: but for real, like I'm being serious. Like I feel like that would have been a much more like bond
1: ending Jake. How would you have felt about an ending like that? Loved it. Yeah.
3: Ted, if, if, uh, if Harry and Lloyd no, were no, no, to no. put, no, the, he's the, asking the, seriously. The no, I think that it would have been uh more fun and more, more in keeping with what I would have expected for a James Bond movie. More fun. You, yeah. <laughs> Watching Javier Bardem
0: just choking on cyanide and you're like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Well then, and, then,
3: and then she hits him with like a, like a funny line. Yeah. And then, and then bond just stumbles in the door because he's just been, <laughs> he's been like 10 steps behind the whole time. Uh, that'd be pretty funny. Drunk from his martini. He had earlier. Yeah. <laughs> he had a martini at the bottom of that lake.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. yeah shakes up. A, oh, sorry. Yeah. Shakes <laughs> up a martini and, and pours it in the bottom of the lake and then drinks it. Yeah. Yeah. How did he survive the lake? How did he survive? Yeah. How did the he water survive flaw? anything? <laughs> yeah. That, but that's always a question is like, like how James did
0: James Bond survive? Yeah. One of the Bond things that I just don't know how I feel about is how like often he me too's women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but that's again, like that's his just kind of his character is womanizing. It, but some like, of those things point... were more than womanizing.
3: <laughs> I don't think we should get too much into it, but I, there was some scenes that I was like, wow, he
0: just did that. Huh? Yeah. Like just hopping into the shower. unknowingly with
3: that woman sneaks up on her and then she's and then she's just was
2: fine with it yeah it it is very much like just all every single james bond movie is like that like that is just his like his character isn't a um particularly lovable person yeah like by design like he's just a very um He's a very reckless person.
1: Also, I feel like these Daniel Craig, uh, James Bonds are like the only ones where he, the final scene isn't him with like the main girl.
3: Right. It's because he, he let her get shot. <laughs> yeah.
2: But it's because they've died every time. Yeah. He just, he Which just didn't want to call her again. It's also true. Like lots of times either James Bond's uh, love interest in the movie. And when I say love interest, I mean hookup. James Wan's hookup either dies or, or is he and
0: or is evil or he ends up with her like yeah. in the last. He scene. He ends up with the other one with Naomi Harris, but is he? At the end? Aren't they like working together though? I guess he yeah, but care. he like I mean she like shaved him seductively. He like that ripped was so open her weird. blouse. I had
3: to. That was a weird moment. Like the entire scene. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Didn't <laughs> love it. <laughs> I didn't care for that either.
1: When she was shaving his yeah, I? and then
3: yeah. she was shaving him which was weird because he was already going to shave himself. And then he's just like, all right, we're doing this right. Cause he's James Bond. I guess that's just how every woman treats him pretty and much. She was like, no, what are you doing? I hated the whole scene.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I really want
1: you to watch some of the other James Bond movies.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, it's kind of funny that, uh, that that's the case because she ends up becoming money penny who is a character in all of the James Bond movies. That
3: was a thing that uh, I, w- I felt like was lost on me. When she, yeah. Because they made like a big thing. He's like, we've never been introduced. To me. You, she shot you and then you worked together again. You didn't ask her her name. Yeah. Uh, and then I felt like it was to- super lost on me.
2: So she ends up becoming Money Penny, who uh, always is like... Uh, it's it's in a, almost every single movie you see James Bond and Money Penny flirting. Like she really wants to get with James Bond, but James Bond is always like rejecting her advances but doing it f- like flirtatiously. And then like sometimes like he'll be flirty with her and she'll reject him like it's a very like that's just a relationship that that is so the-
0: defeating to be like the one woman that he won't sleep with.
2: <laughs> well in the very old movies she's not like in some of the movies she's not like a young spry woman like no. it's a little bit of she's like, like the office secretary <laughs> the office secretary that's what Money Penny is Bond uh, like, doesn't really
3: strike me as the kind of person that would say no to many people though
0: yeah <laughs> there's a moment where he i was like all, uh, he all, uh, i think him and him are maybe gonna get together yeah. <laughs> and then maybe him and voldemort too <laughs> <laughs> james R- bond and R- Ralph yeah. Ralph Fine, yeah by the way he, like
3: harry potter went about it all wrong you just had to shoot him
0: <laughs> he but he him. doesn't die yeah, yeah, that's true
3: but if he would have shot him again
0: <laughs> yeah, i guess yeah
2: what do you guys think about uh Ralph Fine in this movie
3: good yeah i liked him
2: I'm excited for him to be. This is again going to be lost on you guys, but uh, I'm excited for him to be M. Um, so, this is another thing that's a little bit annoying about these movies because it's, you know, uh, whatever anachronistic. Is that the right word? It know. doesn't follow chronology. Oh, sure. Uh, where uh, Judy Dench becomes M in the movie Goldeneye, and she's famously the very first female M. And like, not just like as the actress, but like in the movie, like Uh they make a big deal that she's the first female M, but then she's the female M for this. And then we go back to Ralph Fine, who's like the M of the yesteryear kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. Oh,
3: so is he like supposed to be the same character?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: I thought he was just a new dude.
2: Mm -mm, No, like a older character kind of a thing. Okay. Um, which is just aggravating. Like I love Judy Dench. She's been my favorite M by far. Like I ain't like all of the dude M's. And then when Judy Dench became M and ran as M for what? Like I don't seven know. movies. Yeah. Um, I friggin loved her. I thought she was fantastic.
3: I and you know what? It was funny talking about Ralphine. Uh, he like really spoke my mind when she was like just getting at This like well, public firing. I don't know what that was. Like I don't think yeah. she was. It looked like she was on trial, but I don't think she was. Uh, and then he was like, "Maybe you should just let her say anything." And I'm
2: like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love his line too. Uh, it's just so British. He says, uh, "Maybe we can hear from the witness just for the sake of variety." Yeah, it's <laughs> like, uh, just yeah. the most British thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Speaking of, uh, like the most British thing I've ever heard. Uh, we like, we're doing a little bit of, uh, like trivia hunting before, uh, we started recording uh-huh. and, uh, we found something that Jake, you thought was pretty interesting. Oh my gosh.
3: So apparently James Bond has a legal passport in England. Like they made him one and it's just like, I don't know what they're doing across the pond. (laughs) I know that we have a few listeners over there, but like you guys need to figure it out. You just unite anybody that's been in a movie released a song. You spend the queen's time. I assume the queen did this herself (laughs) making a passport for James Bond. Who do you think
1: like holds that and maintains it?
3: Daniel Craig.
2: (laughs) I imagine, I imagine it, it had to go back to uh, like two the british government after it was they keep
3: it uh on display next to the crown jewels and then it goes every night <laughs> <into the> thing. <laughs>
2: yeah so did, uh, so jake it was kind of funny that you mentioned like the queen did it herself or something like that um but it's kind of funny uh they uh like shortly before this daniel craig uh met queen elizabeth II and made a short promo piece for the movie daniel craig and the queen really yeah i'd watch that
1: (laughs) mi6 actually used this uh, movie release time as um, training footage not training footage but a way to recruit for actual mi6 Hmm. like they they put something in like uh the new york times and the sunday times saying like
3: they put it in the new york times
1: yeah they i i don't know that's what they said
2: huh no, the London Times. The Times. Yeah, the Times. There was,
1: there was like five different newspapers they put in. And I don't know I don't know what they all are.
2: It, it's actually just called the Times. We just call the New York Times the Times, but there is actually a paper called in London Times. called the Times.
1: Um, where basically they said like they really crapped on James Bond and they said like it's ridiculous. Like anyone who has the qualities of James Bond would never be a secret agent.
3: That's exactly what they want you to think.
1: And uh, But they ended up like putting like ads out for like if you want to like see what it's really like join us if you want to just
3: you know go through grueling physical training to be a just live the hard life of a spy because you saw james bond
0: go for it yeah it worked pitch.
3: apparently
1: that they they got a lot of people that applied
0: changing gears a little bit um an aspect of this movie that i did like that i feel like could have been developed a little bit better but it, they set it up and i liked it was kind of this aspect of like uh how um <clears throat> Like, how necessary is, like, the spy role in this universe? Like, it's kind of getting to the point where, like, we can kind of just use technology to accomplish everything else that James Bond would do and do it much quicker and more effective. But then also kind of, like, I think M says, like, well, then who's going to pull the trigger? Yeah, to I, that thought, I thought Q said something
3: like that, where he's like, "Like, why do we have maybe? Me, why do we it. have me I at all?" Remember. And he's like, "Well, somebody sometimes needs to pull the trigger." Yeah, and then Bond's like, "And it's hard to know who, who, when should you pull the trigger or something."
2: Like, well, he says, "Because yeah. Q says uh, I can, I can hack through. I, I can do what you would do in the field in a month, uh, in one morning in my pajamas over a cup of Earl gray Uh huh. And James Bond says, well, what am, what am I here for? Or something like that. And then Q says, well, sometimes a trigger has to be pulled. That's and right. And James yeah. says, it's hard to know which from your pajamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the That's line. what I was thinking of. Um, but M, in her inquiry, uh, they, they're kind of saying, like, what's the point anymore? Mm-hmm. And uh, she says that uh, because there are still people out there that in the live in the shadows, the shadows that you say don't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then he comes out of the shadows, busts into the room, and starts shooting people. And it's like, okay, I guess that's why we need James Bond. I yeah. really
3: feel like they could have uh, timed it a little better from the movies' standpoint, where she's like, "Oh, like she's making her whole big point," and then he's walking up, and like, he's gonna bust in right when she finishes. And then she stops talking, and she's like, "Let me read this poem." And then he busts in. I'm like, you "That you really missed an opportunity there." <laughs>
0: I didn't mind it. I liked, the I liked poem. the
3: poem. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is really going to develop a point really well. And then the point was made and then we just
2: had a little bit of a break. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I get, I get your point.
0: Sorry that the, the gentlemen of the group enjoyed the poetry, Jake. You know what?
2: There's
3: a
0: time and a place.
2: <laughs> I got to say too, as a fan. Uh, so we talked a little bit about, uh, Desmond Llewellyn, uh, who played Q for, you know, I think 17 Bond movies, long, long, long long time. Uh, And uh, very briefly, like the year that he died, he was being replaced in the movie by a new character of like Q branch uh, who is John Cleese. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Mm -hmm. Like just British, I know the name. Yeah. British, you know, mostly comedy actor. Um he he did those uh Schweppes commercials for years. Do you remember those old Schweppes commercials? I don't know what a no. Schweppes is. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Schweppes club soda, yeah. tonic water. No, I don't know what that is. Okay. Um well anyway, uh they were going to replace with uh with John Cleese and people didn't really like it. Well then Desmond Llewellyn died and then our very next James Bond movie didn't have Q at all. Our next two movies didn't have Q at all. And so they finally brought back the character Q with Ben Wishaw, who in this movie, who I friggin love. And I think he's going to be a very fun Q.
3: I liked him. um, But like there were some of those moments and it it wasn't that big of an issue for me, but it did feel like, and I mean, I think they were were all kind of lost on me, but I knew when they were and it was kind of jarring where it's like, oh, like they're making some, like it's almost as if they're turning to the audience, looking right into the camera and winking at them. And then I was like, okay, then we can get back to what we were doing. Um, I feel like there were kind of a lot of those. And that was one of them where he's like, call me Q. And then, and then we just like break.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you're right. It is. It's for people who know James Bond for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think, I think because of, like, I mentioned, like some of the fan, like, uh, you know, outrage from uh, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, but also I think because it was the 50th anniversary of James Bond that they just made the decision to have a lot of moments of like homage and like rebuilding uh, the, the James Bond character that they had kind of destroyed. So it was a lot of good faith for like Bond fans. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it didn't bother me that much, but I was just thinking about it right now when we're
3: talking
0: about it. So I have a question for you guys. Who would win Silva and all his men and all his tech and everything, or Kevin. Kevin, if Kevin, Kevin from Home Alone, if he has home advantage, I think Kevin.
2: Yeah, I think obviously Kevin. Is the, uh, Kevin McAllister? Okay, so not
1: Home Alone three kid.
0: No, no, no. Home Alone one. And <laughs> home Alone one. Yeah. And There's 2. also is, like a is, Home Alone
3: four or something. Is there?
0: Yeah. yeah. Does Home Alone, I think it went up to five? Does Home Alone follow the James Bond type where it's all Kevin, or is it a new kid? When it's, it's new, a new kids. Actor? It's it's not Kevin.
2: Yeah. It's new kids. New story. Hmm.
3: Kevin, Kevin hung it up. He was too good.
1: I think they need to do another home alone with a Macaulay Culkin currently. Yeah. And he's still playing seven year old Kevin.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's not (laughs) adult Kevin, (laughs) but
1: is
3: he still fighting the wet bandits
1: or is he fighting? We also bring in Joe Pesci and whatever the other guy's name is. Yeah, Who knows? (laughs) Who who
2: cares? (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) No one knows. I I honestly liked though even I know we're like making fun of it and I had pointed out too that like uh like right before it started I I told Scott I was like and now it's the home alone part of the movie. <laughs> I was tired. um but I actually really love it. I I thought they did a great job. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like it was a cool sequence like seeing all of that go down. <laughs> but I also just really liked the the notion of like, you know, we had James Bond without gadgets for the first two, but for no good reason. Like there was no like, Oh, here's why James Bond doesn't have any gadgets. But in this one, he's gone like off the grid. So he can't have MI6 support and like MI6 has been attacked. And so like, it's all just very like, you're on your own. It's like you, M and Kincaid versus everyone else. And I, I really liked the, uh, I really liked that whole sequence and the, the why of it all.
0: Does Kincaid, is that like an important character in the bond franchise or was he new in this one?
2: Brand new. Got it. Uh, As, as far as I remember,
3: the craziest thing about that sequence to me though, was like, I didn't, I'd never in a million years thought his real name was James Bond. I was like, that's gotta be a code name, right? But apparently he's just telling everybody his name, his whole life.
2: Well on his passport, it's a different name,
3: but apparently his birth name is still James Bond. Like it's the bond estate. And like, it's like whatever his dad's gun had to be on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, well, mis- but it's not bond. It's uh Boyd or something like that. Oh, Wait.
3: oh, I thought he said, never mind.
1: Maybe I misheard. Uh, they actually tried to get Sean Connery to play Kincaid.
2: That would have been fun. That's yeah. Just like
1: a little nod to old, old double O.
2: I feel like they've, uh, oh, by the way, it, uh, James Bond's name on his passport is John Adam Bryce. Okay. Uh, I thought it was
1: Jason Bourne. <laughs>
2: Good God. (laughs) It's It's Jason Jason Bourne. It's Jason Bourne. Uh, I'm sorry. That threw me off. I forgot (laughs) (laughs) what we were talking about. Oh, you were talking about Sean Connery, Kincaid. That would have been fun, I think. Yeah,
1: fun little ode.
2: I feel like they had enough of them, though. Like, I I actually agree with you, Jake. Like, after, pretty much after I saw the car, I was like, okay, I'm good with homage now. Like, you guys did your job um, of, like, re-earning an old James Bond fan as a new James Bond fan. Um, and it was like, don't, don't do anymore. We're, we're good. So I, I'm kind of glad they so didn't get Sean for Connery. the new one? The new movie? I out am. I'm at, I'm actually very excited. I, I also really loved Spectre. I thought it was fantastic.
0: I didn't care at all about James Bond before this. And now I'm pretty excited for the new one too.
2: What's it called again? Like no day to die or something. No time, uh, to no, time die. no time, no to time. time to die. I think I've never had time to die. You know, well, and it's fun, too, for, like, James Bond fans because Spectre introduces uh, Blofeld, who's the, the main villain. And in Spectre, it's played by uh, Christoph Waltz, who he does a fantastic job. But Blofeld is, like, the arch rival of James Bond. So out of the, like, you know, nearly 30 movies that there have been so far, Blofeld is in about half of them, either, like, on camera or just like we find out that he's behind the scenes pulling the strings of, you know, Spectre, this this agency.
3: He's kind of like the Moriarty, except for he's there more than
2: twice. Exactly, yeah, 100%. Um, and so, it, and having him on camera and some resolve there and having it be played by Christoph Waltz, I think is super exciting and fascinating.
3: Who's Moriarty? Sherlock Holmes' nemesis.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay. I want to get a movie with Christoph Waltz and Javier Bardem.
2: Oh, both of them are like in the movie together. That yeah. would be tough because uh, Silva definitely, I think, died in this one. Uh,
1: no, I'm not saying a James Bond movie.
2: Just oh, a movie. In movie. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. That would be awesome.
1: Any,
3: anyways, I want to make it clear. I'm sorry. I feel like I came up so harsh. And I was thinking about it right now. I was like, I need to make it clear because I feel like we're wrapping. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this and I probably will go back and watch the other Daniel Craig Bonds and I'll probably watch the new one. Uh, like I enjoyed it. I just, when I thought about it more, I was like, I don't know that it was actually that good. Like, I don't think I would have ever said 92% on that other guys. Can we bleep me? Sorry. Uh, that makes sense. You know? Uh, but so I I think I was expecting like a really, really
1: well-made movie
3: and I don't, I, I mean, I know you guys disagree with me. I don't think I got it, Yeah, but I had a very good time.
1: Yeah. I think you will like Casino Royale more because it's all the way on the other side of taking itself completely serious the whole time.
2: Yeah. Like there's no cheeky moments really.
3: I think I would. I mean, like, I would like. I think I might like an old Bond that's just like goofy. And, I
0: think you like. You'll like you'd too. probably like an old Bond because it's freaking old.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Got it. Got me. Yeah. <laughs> got him.
0: I want to. I want to watch
1: Goldfinger still. So maybe we can watch Goldfinger together. Let's do it. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that the, um, or nominated for the. Po- I still wouldn't mind watching it.
2: Yeah. How about you nominated Zach? No. Scott can't just pick all the Bond movies. Yeah, he can. I'll pick Goldfinger. I said I do like Goldfinger. I'll pick it, but we have to watch it together under that caveat.
0: All right. I think it'd be interesting to, like, uh, come back to Bond. And then, like, after doing a modern Bond, talk about an old one. I
1: think it actually might be interesting to do a 00 Summer.
3: No. no, I would do that before I do Bummer
1: Summer.
0: (laughs) How how about about a month where we all pick a Bond movie? How about 00 Summer and... 2022, because this year we're doing bummer summer. How long is bummer summer? Is that like a three month? Why instant? don't we let the it's tots pick summer? Let's let's Jake. throw a poll. So all of summer. All of summer. Oh. Let's throw a poll on the Insta. We're doing Schindler's List. And we do uh, Schindler's List four times. We're doing Life is Beautiful.
2: All right. Well, let's uh, what do you say. We we bring this one home. Unless anyone has anything else they wanted to say about uh, about Skyfall.
1: I don't have anything. Do you guys they have any uh, recasts you'd want to do? Ooh, hmm.
2: for the first who? for the first Bond movie, I wouldn't recast Bond. Like I actually really liked Daniel Craig. Okay, maybe one. not as a
1: recast. Who is an upcoming actor that you guys would like to see play Bond?
2: Ooh, that's a good that's a good question. I
1: feel like I'm just gonna have to sit and think about this for too long.
3: Um, you know who I think would be very good and uh, is not an up and coming actor, but Henry Cavill. Mm. Mm. I think could be very good. Have you seen uh, the man from uncle? I have, and I really
1: liked it.
2: Wasn't there a rumor going around that Idris Elba
1: was going to play bond at some point?
2: There was, there was, I don't know. I don't remember if it was Idris Elba, but there definitely was conversation uh, about having a uh, black James Bond.
1: Michael B. Jordan. That's who I'd like to see.
0: Yeah. I think he is in like an upcoming spy movie not to say he can't do it then but i'm just saying like if you have a hankering for a michael b jordan spy movie i think i think he's in one that's coming up pretty soon
3: i love michael b jordan but i don't like and i guess i've only seen this one bond movie but i don't feel like he fits the bill for like the the bond guy but maybe he does when i watch more i'll think that
2: i think too it's tough because i i think there's only been one uh one actor that's actually from the same like place in England that James Bond is from. Um, but all of the James Bond so far, so far have been British actors. You know who I
0: would recast as Bond is Sean Astin. Who's that? Oh, Samwise Sam Gamgee. What about uh, Michael? Rudy? Oh, he might be pretty good. That's a good, I think I'd be into
2: that. I yeah. would be into that. I would definitely be into that.
3: I thought you were going to say something like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Just like the way you were gearing up for yeah, that. What do you one? think about
2: like Tom Holland? Robert <laughs> Danny
3: Jr.'s Q. <cue. laughs> <laughs> no, he's M. Oh, he's M. Yeah. Chris Evans is somebody.
2: He's yeah. probably the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one that like another British actor, not really up and coming, getting to be on the older side. And I don't know if he could handle the physicality of it, but I would love to s- uh, being James Bond, but I would love to see uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in a James Bond movie, either as a villain or, or as another member of mi6
1: yeah i could see him playing like a uh like a double oh six
2: another double
1: o, yeah.
3: yeah wait uh in the other i, I assume that there are other double o
1: whatever agents mm-hmm. are they in the movies usually or no yeah there's a not few movies always okay. that yeah. have other double O's in it yeah most of the time they've gone bad
2: yeah that's true <laughs> or, or died
1: tragically or died.
3: Yeah. bond yeah. is the only one that lives and is loyal Is that what I'm getting? Kind of. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he's, he's a little bit of a renegade. He's, uh, very reckless. Uh, he's a womanizer. He's not really in all the other movies. He's not really, he's like respected out of necessity by the rest of British government. Like they don't like him because he's reckless, but they need him. They need him. Uh, and this is really one of the few movies where we see his like devotion, like where it's like he got out and he came back because Britain was in trouble and like specifically M was in trouble, um, where we see his loyalty, like for the most part, like, you don't always see most part. He's doing it
3: for the love of the game.
2: Yeah, basically like he's just a little bit of a adrenaline junkie and maybe a little bit of like, he's a little arrogant. Like he thinks like, I'm, I'm the best. So, you know, um, not really out of a sense of like duty and loyalty. We don't see that a ton. So, all right. For real though, let's spam those servers this time. Uh, Scott, let's start with you. What would you give this movie? Oh gosh. I was really hoping you weren't going to come
1: to me first.
3: All right. Uh, Jake. All
1: right. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven Zach.
0: I'll give it a 7.9 Scott. Yeah. I was going to give it around a
1: 7.9 as well.
2: And I'm going to give this movie a 8.3. All right. So just a reminder, uh, the other guys gave this a 92%. IMDb gave it a 7.8. It is our second highest grossing movie of all time, cracking a billion dollars. And on Rotten Potatoes, Skyfall is a 78%. Feels high. I would actually say that for me, it feels a little on the low side, yeah. Uh so our other uh our other uh seventy eight percent, which I also feel like is on the low side, was Birdman. Hmm. Yeah.
3: I'd, I would uh, watch this movie again before I'd watch Birdman, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I what would. What did you rate Birdman again? Don't remember.
2: Uh Jake rated Birdman uh an eight. Yeah, I mean I think a that full that, point higher. A full yeah, no, I mean, uh cause he rated Skyfall a seven five.
3: No seven, even
1: just a seven.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. You rated uh, Birdman a 7.5, not okay. an 8. So okay. a half a point higher. I was looking at your rating for When Harry Met Sally when I said 8.
1: So you think Birdman's a better movie, but you would rather watch this?
0: Yes. Okay. You think I think that When Harry Met Sally an 8? Oh, yeah. I liked
3: When Harry Met Sally a lot.
0: Dang. So did you, Zach. I, I just was surprised that Jake rated it an oh, 8.
3: Oh, okay. I liked it a lot.
0: Oh, okay. I, I guess I just forgot. You, you think that when Harry met Sally's a half a point better than birdman. What did we it's rate? It's really tough
1: to say. <laughs> <laughs> what did we rate the good, the bad and the ugly?
2: Oh gosh. Um, the good, the bad and the ugly. I'm trying to find it. Uh, I guess I could have just searched. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Uh, good, the bad and the ugly. We rated a 75. Huh.
1: Okay. So this is mildly better than the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> mildly better. I would disagree with that statement.
2: But... <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. uh, as a reminder, Jake rated the good, the bad and the ugly a nine. Scott rated it a
0: 5.1. <laughs> you gave this I a 5.1 st- too. I stick. I stick by giving the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly a 5.1 for sure. <laughs> I, I love that. I love
2: that our most contested movie so far is the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I aim to be top ten. It just seems so safe. <laughs> it, but it, it is. It has just been content for days for this group. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more days than I would like. <laughs> hey, we're we you picked a movie that we're still talking about every week. Oh, That's true. I'm concert. not a I'm
0: not a all press is good press kind of guy.
2: Oh god, <laughs> yeah, okay. Jake. I
0: feel like you should like abandon any like preconceptions of how we're going to receive a movie. Just think the opposite of that. Think the opposite of how you're going to receive. Oh yeah. So like if you think this is a safe option, just know it's not going to be. Well, that was like my second or third choice. What do you mean? That good, the bad,
3: and the ugly was it, when I came into what? it. Like I, I didn't have a feel for. How things were gonna go?
0: Yeah, but you did it with Blood Diamond too. You thought this. Yeah, no, said.
3: I I admit that I made a mistake with Blood
0: Diamond. <laughs> yeah. That was a.
3: <laughs> it was is is just just pretty mediocre. Watching it again.
1: Yeah. But. So yeah. Zach, would you uh, put this in the top hundred movies we've we've rated so far?
0: Skyfall. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because we've <laughs> only done fifty. Oh,
1: but like if if we were like making a list of like our top hundred.
0: movies. Uh... That I, seems really hard to... Uh,
2: it seems impossible to do since we've only done 50. So, yes, I would say that absolutely it's in our top 100 I movies. I agree.
0: So far, it is
1: in our top 100. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until we get to 100, I think every movie will be in the top
0: 100. Really? Yeah,
2: How can it not be?
0: I don't know. And it just, then it even, just feels like... Even just, after that, I still think it will because we still have Napoleon Dynamite and Blood Diamond. Child's, Child's, Play. Play, Child's Play. Tombstone. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. Armageddon. It's going to be a while before Skyfall is not in our top 100. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to see a lot of good movies. Yeah. We Maybe like a thousand and one. So like, we if, should
1: just, if, was, if there was a Instagram out there that was like <laughs> ranking their top, Jake, 100 did you tweets. just get to the? You no, just, <laughs> I
3: just didn't think we were gonna like call
1: it. <laughs> you just What me what advice this. would you give someone who like? operates uh, an Instagram out there that's rating their top 100 movies.
0: I'm going to change gears and say we should just work our way through Steven Schneider's 1001 movies you need to see before you die. So at 50, we're going to pivot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the movies we've already done in that list? Inconsequential. We don't yet. Yeah, no, we'll re, do them rewatch them again. Okay. Oh, yeah. And re-rate them and re-talk about them. So what happens when we, are we, just, we just stop
3: being friends after 1001 movies? Ideally. All right.
2: I mean, but that's that, going to take, take a
0: long time. Yeah, Jake.
3: that's true. I just never would say ideally <laughs> we'll uh, be old.
1: Actually, men. Maybe I would. <laughs> <laughs> ideally, we just stop being friends. <laughs> yeah,
3: maybe after the thousand and one movies, I'll feel differently. Yeah.
1: How
2: many, how many years would that take? If we did like what? 40 movies a year,
1: 40 movies a year. Cause
2: that's what we did last year, right?
1: Uh, It'd be like 24 years. You know, 25, we'll 25 old. years, we'll Yeah. 25.
2: Man. So yeah, I mean, let's do it. Let's work regret. through a thousand and one movies and then never be friends again.
1: So we're going to get to a thousand and one episodes and then we never speak.
2: Yeah. Never speak to each other. Uh, all right, we'll Tots, just... you
1: guys can hold us to
2: this. <laughs> yeah, we're going
1: to like draw
3: up a contract or something saying so we can't speak to each other.
1: We can only speak to each other through Dan. Oh, yep. That's if it. We need to communicate something. We reach out to Dan. Hopefully Dan's still alive then, but
0: uh, <laughs> I mean, I you'd be I lucky I if Dan made that. it to this episode. getting released. <laughs> He's knocking on death's
3: door. Dan, Dan, I never remember what I say on these. And then Dan will text me and it will be like, why did you say that about
0: me? <laughs> really? <laughs> and then
3: I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like in the podcast this week. I'm like, oh. I forgot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's like upset.
3: Yeah. I think I said, Dan has one foot in the grave. And then he texted me. He said one foot in the
2: grave. Like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought he meant he'll
0: text me. And be like, dude, that really hurt my feelings.
2: <laughs> oh, but, I mean, he might, but Jake just keeps going. And he just has, yeah,
3: Jake doesn't remember at all. Yeah. I don't remember anything I say. <laughs> I forgot what I said at the beginning of this episode.
0: Season two, Zach. Yeah. What's up? How do you, how do you want to end this episode? <sighs> I'll tell you how I want to end this episode. Scott.